0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. plus.
1: Welcome to another episode of You Are All Alone. This is episode 8 Life. Life is beautiful and often finds a way to spring forth from the ashes after a devastating fire, a rumbling earthquake, or the often destructive hand of humanity. The life of Dupaul hangs in the balance, and soon we will truly find out if this is a life worth living. Before we dive in, I definitely wanted to mention, check out the website, y'all, alonepodcast.com. It has everything you are all alone there that you could possibly imagine, including map of the Valley of Mordarium, hand-drawn maps of Mordarium, images of weapons, armament, and so much more, as well as world-building facts, character depictions, and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. Holler at me on Twitter at alone underscore podcast. I love interacting with you folks, and it's a ton of fun, so say hi. I love it when y'all say hi. And last but not least... If you enjoy the show, leave a rating and review on iTunes or any other podcast catcher you use. It helps the show out a ton, and I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. I cannot express how much I appreciate you taking the time out of your life to listen to my story. So, without further ado, let's dive right in to You Are All Alone, Episode 8, Life. I crept softly through the camp. Collecting my weapons and water skin, narrowly avoiding waking Abe several times, but was successful in escaping, the wine had done its job. Unable to sleep, I thought about everything Abe had told me, of what comes next, and how I would get out of this alive. However, the solution to my problems evaded me, and unable to think clearly with Abe's snoring, I decided to venture into the wood. I needed silence. I needed to thank I slid through the darkness and entered the woods, using the light of the full moon to guide me. It would be slow going, but it's not like I had somewhere in mind to go. I only felt like walking under the stars aimlessly, clearing my head, and enjoying a moment of peace for the first time in what felt like weeks. Normally, I would be afraid of the wildlife that stalks these woods at night. Maybe I still was, but it was this Elia that was front and center in my mind. Babe wasn't even a warrior in his society, and he beat me? What chance do I have against an evil, bloodthirsty nightmare warrior? I wasn't about to turn back now. I couldn't return to Mordarium, and traveling alone on the countryside is currently out of the question. My head would be on a pike on the ramparts of Mordarium in no time, the laughing stock of a people I used to talk to daily. It seemed to me I was stuck in this situation, without a solution coming to me readily. I decided to table the matter and move on to the next question. Where the hell are we going? I suppose I could have woken Abe and asked him, but the solitude I was currently experiencing was nice. It felt good to be alone with my thoughts. I'd leave the subject for the morning, I told myself, as I stared up at the moon, awed by its beauty, while moving deeper into the woods. Crossing small creeks and ravines, I wondered, taking in the woods I had grown up in one last time before I left them forever. In a way, it felt as if it was the last thing tying me to my previous life, a subtle string of memory I wasn't quite ready to sever. I had learned to hunt in these woods, survive, how to be a man. I shared many nights with Baba, her stories occupying me through the night, but... I would have to leave them behind sooner or later, and it was looking like sooner was my only option. I mused at the thought of no longer being Dupal of Mordarium, an identity I had spent my whole life cultivating. I would only be Dupal of Everywhere and Nowhere. Something I found suited me just fine. Stuck deeply in thought, I had hardly noticed the clearing up ahead and stopped for a moment. I didn't remember there being a clearing here. Weighing my options between being caught out in the open and my curiosity digging at me, I chose the latter. I walked toward the clearing slowly, crouching low and listening intently. I heard nothing of note. Breaking through the barrier of woods into the clearing, I was surprised by how much of an area the clearing covered. I could see for what felt like miles around me nothing but burnt remains of once mighty trees dotting the landscape. Awestruck by what was before me, I stood motionless trying to take it in. The clarity of the moon and stars, lifelike in a way, as they brightly winked in and out as the clouds passed by. This in contrast to the absolute blackness and death of the burnt-out landscape before me. I hadn't noticed a fire of this magnitude, I thought, but it was entirely possible it happened as I initially left Mordarium and met Abe as I was just too far south to see it. I scanned the horizon taking in the sight when something caught my eye. A little speck of green in the distance. My feet began to move instinctively toward it, crossing the open field and coming upon it quickly. It was a small flower sprouting from the blackened soil, its green stem and deep blue petals standing out spectacularly. I crouched and looked at it for a moment, thinking of the beauty that sometimes follows destruction, how life seems to always find a way even after you burn it all down. The wind had picked up as I snaked through the woods, doing my best to move quicker than I had previously. It would be daylight soon, and I wanted to be back before Abe woke, not wanting to hear his incessant bitching. I chuckled to myself, thinking of the look that would plaster Abe's face if I arrived after he had woke. Wrapped in thought, I nearly missed out on the smell in the air as the wind blew through the trees. A smell of must and blood. Stopping to determine which direction the smell was coming from, I became aware of a rustling in the woods 100 yards away or so, cutting through the silence of the night. As the rustling grew closer, the smell became stronger. Standing quickly, I began moving toward camp even faster than before. Climbing over limbs and sliding through the brush, I moved as quickly as possible, abandoning the need for absolute quiet. The shifting of leaves grew closer. Gaining two steps for every one I took. The realization dawned on me that I wouldn't make it back to camp. Whatever it is, I must face it head on and hope like hell I survive. I continued moving through the woods, looking for a spot to stand my ground when I came upon a thick tree with a depression in the middle of it that I slunk into, its rough bark hugging me on three sides. I faced the woods and began scanning the foliage and listening wondering what exactly was coming for me. As the rustling grew closer, I realized it wasn't one something, but several. I began exiting the intention to climb into the trees above me when I noticed a pair of large, shining yellow eyes peeking through the foliage. My time was up, I told myself, as I pulled my short and kukri, readying myself for combat as three more sets of yellow eyes began dotting the trees before me. I said a quick prayer to the god of war, Warpyrus to give me the strength to smite my foe as well as to the goddess Akina, asking for her protection. I realized my prayers would do nothing as I saw the snout of a wolf, growling and baring its teeth, start to exit the woods before me. The beast stood not twenty feet from me, growling and snapping at the air, never taking its eyes off me. Its three companions exited the woods behind it, Obviously, the alpha of the pack. I instinctively reached for my bow, realizing I had left it behind like a fucking fool. I cursed to myself as the clouds parted, the moon shining upon them, revealing that they were not just wolves, but mountain wolves, their coats dark and thick. One struck me as the color of sand, another of deep mud while the third was a smoky gray, the alpha deep black standing out from the rest of the pack in the night four and a half feet tall and weighing as much as three men together. They were one of nature's greatest predators. The men of Mordarium had driven them from these woods and back into the mountains, killing hundreds after they had been coming from the mountains to hunt our men and livestock, and establishing dens in the wood near the village. These remnants stood close together, showing their teeth to me and snapping at the air before spreading out. Three of the wolves melting into the darkness of the surrounding wood, while the alpha stood before me. It drew closer, its hackles raised and large paws sending up clouds of dust with every step. I never took my eyes off it as I reminded myself I was shielded by the tree on three sides, and I must use that to my advantage. If I did, I may be able to get out of this in one piece. The alpha grew closer, now within ten paces of me, its rabid growling filling my ears. Come on, you son of a bitch! I've killed tens of your kind! One not mine, adding another pelt to my wares. I yelled out, taunting the beast and trying to goad it into recklessness. The alpha held its ground, eyes locked onto mine. I began to scan the woods around me when the alpha leapt forward, snipping at my legs. I slashed at it with my kukri quickly, but not quickly enough as it danced back, evading my blow. I moved forward slightly, slashing at it as I did to back it up and put some distance between me and it. It stood its ground fiercely. Yellow eyes blazing in the night. I realized I had left myself exposed after it was too late. I caught movement to my right, snaking through the darkness like lightning. I barely raised my blade in time, putting it between myself and the gray wolf's mouth, cutting into the hinges of the wolf's jaw as I did. Its teeth scratched against the iron of my blade as blood trickled to the ground around me, spraying my face, but it would not let go. Clutching to the blade slightly and nearly wrenching it from my hands, I brought my short sword crashing down upon its neck, the beast instantly going limp and falling to my feet, taking my kukri down with it. I focused back upon the elf and began backing up toward the tree, bending to collect my kukri as I did, Before I could reach the tree, the sandy wolf leapt from the darkness to my right and bounded toward me. I turned to face it when I felt an immense pressure on my left shoulder, followed by immense pain washing over me as I fell to the ground, my hand involuntarily dropping my short sword. The brown wolf had surprised me and had its teeth sunk deeply into my left shoulder. Damage maximized without my leather tunic protecting me, it began pulling and tearing at the muscle, dragging me down so the alpha would come in for the kill. I kicked wildly at the sandy wolf to keep it away, but it snipped at my legs, gaining a better hold each time, shredding me in places as it did. I reached over my left shoulder and grabbed the brown wolf by its upper jaw, doing my best to try to get it off me, unable to use my full strength while also keeping the other wolf away. It would not budge. The sandy wolf had finally gotten hold of my leg and I let out a scream of pain into the night, only seeming to excite the wolves as they shook their heads violently, blood beginning to pour from my body reaching back again i gripped the upper jaw of the sandy wolf and pulled its teeth slowly coming from my skin a thin trail of blood left behind i shifted my body weight reaching for my kukri and never letting go of the wolf's jaw It snapped down on my fingers each time going deeper and deeper as the brown wolf pulled at my leg keeping me slightly off balance my right hand clawed at the dirt until i finally found purchase around the handle of my kukri as i brought it up quickly driving it deep into the throat of the sandy wolf it going limp and falling on me, knocking me to the ground once again momentarily. The brown wolf began dragging me again as the alpha walked toward me, slowly and surely, watching its prey struggle as it licked its jowls. I pushed the sandy wolf off me and grabbed for my short sword, needing the link to get the brown wolf to release my leg. I swung at its head but missed, and it let go, backing away as the alpha bounded and then pounced on my chest, knocking the wind from me. Instinctively, I put my hands up to block the blow, dropping my weapons as I did so and grabbed for its jaws. I held the top and bottom jaws in an iron grip as it lunged for my throat, barely held back by what remained of my strength. Its breath was hot upon my face as saliva dripped down and onto my cheek, the rotten smell of blood making me (laughs) gag. Using all my strength to keep the alpha occupied, I was left open for the brown wolf. It moved in quickly, aiming to rip my throat out. I rolled to avoid its jaws and took the alpha with me, using my last reserves of strength to throw it as far as I could, trying to buy just a moment to get my sword. Crawling for my fallen weapon, I felt the tug of the alpha behind me, quickly recovered from my throw. My fingertips grazed the handle of my weapon when I looked up to see the brown wolf barreling down upon me, its mouth wide and aiming for my face. I realized I would not have enough time to raise my hands and block the beast. My death had seemed was coming sooner than i anticipated i had all but given up as the beast neared resigned to my fate when a black streak crashed into it knocking it off its path and crashing into a heap in the brush yipping and snarls filling the night i rounded to face the alpha when i saw abe flying through the air slamming his body into the beast and knocking it from me tearing away a piece of flesh as it did so i couldn't believe my eyes abe and cleo had come for me Pulling myself to my weapon and grasping it carefully, I managed to raise myself to my feet, shaky and exhausted. I pushed through the brush toward Cleo as Abe wrestled with the alpha, trying to finish it, but finding the resistance of the beast to be substantial as it fought for its life. Breaking through the line of shrubs as the brown wolf was pinning Cleo to the ground, overmatched and whimpering, fighting for survival. I stabbed the wolf in the throat before its jaws could close around Cleo's. She stood quickly and bound back toward Abe, whimpering as she did, limping after her slowly, becoming dizzy as I did so and nearly falling to the earth. I emerged through the brush to find Abe had already dispatched the alpha and was wiping his blade upon the beast's coat. He turned to look at me, scanning me up and down, eyes lingering on the wounds to my body. He began walking toward me as I fell to the earth. Hardness enveloping me. I woke to a wet cloth dabbing my forehead, its coolness shocking against my hot skin, opening my eyes to see Abe standing over me, wet cloth in one hand and the stem
2: cell in the other. I have been able to stop the bleeding, but the wounds are not fully healed. Your body just does not have enough energy to do so completely. You must rest, DuPaul.
1: I turned my head to look for Cleo, to see if she was okay. Pain exploding behind my eyes and nearly making me pass out again.
2: Don't move, DuPaul, or your wounds may open up once again.
1: Is-is-is
2: Cleo okay? She is fine, DuPaul. She is currently resting as well. Cleo is now a mother. What? A mother? Yes. All that excitement must have pushed her over the edge. How many? One. It is a runt, but I believe it will live. You can see when you are healed. Now rest. The smile that had occupied his face quickly left it, and a look of
1: concern replaced it. My eyelids grew heavy as I thought to myself. Life always finds a way. Night had fallen once again as I woke to the smell of meat sizzling over the fire. Trying to rise, I realized quickly that I was still too incapacitated to do so. Laying back down, I noticed Abe was watching me, a look of pity upon his face. I turned my head to face him. Thanks for saving
2: me, Abe. I would have been dead without you. He stared at me blankly for a moment. Yes, you would have. You were foolish to walk into the woods by yourself. Humans. I said nothing. Only
1: let the silence fill the air when his face softened, and he smiled. You're welcome, Dupal.
2: What are friends for?
1: Friends? I've never really had one of those, I thought to myself. I attempted to sit up once more, and finally succeeded, Abe watching me ready to spring forth all the while. Once I had finished rising, he pulled the meat from the spit and handed me some.
2: You must eat. You need to replace the energy you lost so I can continue healing you.
1: I dug into the still sizzling meat viciously and ate with vigor. Can I ask you something? He nodded in the affirmative. Will will you train me, Abe? Will you teach me your ways of combat? I want to be prepared for the world and not depend on you to save me. I want... I need to be prepared for your sister... A look of anger crossed his face as he swallowed, locking his eyes upon mine.
2: If that is your wish you Paul, I will train you, but it will be difficult, and I will not go easy. Good, I replied as I continued with my
1: meal. Abe interrupted the silence again.
2: What should we name the pup?
1: I don't care, Abe. I'm terrible with names. Why don't you choose? Very well. I will choose a smile gracing his face. I finished my meal quickly and laid down to rest, the thought of training and pups occupying my mind as I faded into sleep. Well, y'all, that concludes episode eight of You Are All Alone. As I mentioned previously, check out the website alonepodcast.com for all things You Are All Alone. And here's a little hint. If you're sick of the ads in these episodes, visit the website. It has all episodes for free listen and download with no ads. While I hate putting ads in my episodes, it does bring income into the show, which I immediately pour back into the show to bring you more amazing You Are All Alone content. If you want some souvenirs, check out the link below for our Tee Public page. We got all kinds of cool stuff on there, including t-shirts, stickers, notebooks, and pretty much everything you can imagine with the logo for You Are All Alone upon it. If you want to chat, reach out on Twitter at Alona underscore podcast. And if you have any questions, hit me up there. I'll be happy to answer everything I can. Once again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the show, leave a rating and review. It's free for you and helps the show out a ton. And I just wanted to say thank you in advance. If you're listening to this as I go through updates of the show, you may notice the next episode will be a little bit different in regards to sound quality. I'm moving through and redoing several episodes most likely the first 15 or so, and then compiling all these episodes into a major arc so you guys can binge it at your leisure. Look for that sometime in the end of 2021 and possibly at the beginning of 2022. We're just getting started on this journey, folks, so I hope you stick along for the ride. I've been Nick Richardson with You Are All Alone, and this has been Episode 8, Life. And I'll see you all next time.